Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hello, guys. I should say, I should say the Jamaican term is for when you greet people or whatever. It's wagwan. Wagwan. I am just back from 12 glorious days in Jamaica. If you read the newsletter or follow me on socials, I know I inundated you with all things Jamaica, specifically my happiest of happy places, and that is the Golden Eye. It says resort. Doesn't when you say resort, I think of like super slides and river pools and like all-inclusive bars and like those types of things. So when I say resort, it doesn't, it, I don't want to say it because that's not what it is. Like Golden Eye is this fairy tale sort of it's luxurious, but it's so rustic. Like you have these, these beach huts and you never wear shoes and the property could be full, which would only be, I think a couple hundred people, but you could literally go without seeing more than a couple people. It's, it's just sort of like Gilligan's Island meets Swiss family. Robinson meets like really nice bed linens, but the snorkeling is like snorkeling through the world's greatest aquarium. So maybe that's it. Like the aquariums you see that are manufactured in places like Atlantis and the Bahamas, like this is the real deal. You just go out, just throw on your, your fins and your snorkel mask. Like I did yesterday at six 45 in the morning and go out and swim. And you see eels, you see tropical bluefish and yellowfish and needlefish and stingray. As long as you stay away from them, it's just, I can't express enough. I know many of my friends are ski people and I appreciate that. But as I'm sitting here now, the day after returning from 12 days in the tropics, and it is like subarctic in Los Angeles. I just caught on video snowfall in Los Angeles. Like I don't appreciate the cold like some people do. I am I am frozen. I am sitting here with like tea and I just had my hands under the hot water. And yes, I am a New Yorker, guys. I know that. I am a New Yorker, but I I am I am a snowbird. Like is that right? A snowbird. That means like I go away from snow. I like to be in warm weather. And I came to Los Angeles for one for one of those reasons is that it is warm and it is not. This is disappointing me. But I uh, I am not a travel podcast. I am not hosting a weather podcast. This is a pop culture podcast talking about all the things that you are too embarrassed to know that you to admit that you know about or too embarrassed to ask about. So here we are. It's your favorite roundup of all of the things that are happening in the world. So you can keep up with the kids. And this week, it's just little old me. I am frankly just too scatterbrained and that day after vacation mode. So I did not get my act together to get a guest. I could have, but I chose not to because it's just little old me today and I have a lot to say. So we're going to get into it. The, the big stories this week that I focused on, the two main stories, I think are, are worthy to still talk a little bit more about. I absolutely love, love, love this whole sort of story arc with Angela Bassett and the amazing performer, actress, singer, Ariana DeBose. And so for those of you who are new to this storyline, or you may have heard rumblings of sort of Angela Bassett did the thing, this is the genesis. So Ariana DeBose was asked to perform, I believe it's an original rap. I, when they say original, I don't know if that means she wrote it or 
she collaborated with others, but it was at the BAFTAs and it was to introduce the female nominees, like in all categories. And she did this rap about all of them. And it's, you know, from Jamie Lee Curtis to Angela Bassett. And everybody had like a cool little line about them. And Angela Bassett's line was Angela Bassett did the thing. Angela Bassett did the thing. And it was just, I mean, it was hilarious. And Angela was nominated for a BAFTA for Black Panther, where she was incredible. She's the queen. It's a really impressive role. I did not love this movie. I, I'm I just, you know, I love the Rihanna song. I love the homage to all things Chadwick Boseman and, and the great loss there. But as a movie, I didn't love it, but I loved Angela Bassett's performance. Anyway, Ariana was, it became a meme very quickly. Not just the Angela Bassett did the thing, but her performance in general. It was sort of a hot mess and it's not, I don't think it was any fault of hers. I think as Jamie Lee Curtis said in an interview on another red carpet a few days later, what is all this bullshit about? It was a big stage. It's a theater. It's not like being in a performance set. Like it wasn't the setting for a performance like that. And she was probably nervous. She was a bit breathy. It was meant to be sort of silly and fun and a proud moment for women and to sort of showcase the talent. And people were sort of, you know, giving her a hard time so much so that she pulled herself off of social media. But like I said, at the beginning of this, the story arc, is so incredible where you have it sort of now become a rallying cry for women like Angela Bassett did the thing you had Lizzo do it on stage you had our girl Z-Way and Emrata Emily Ratajkowski do a TikTok around it like Angela Bassett did the thing like I could say it goes in my head like I'm washing my hair I'm thinking about Angela Bassett did the thing and then of course Angela Bassett herself did the thing when she accepted an award at the NAACP Image Awards. And, you know, she made it so it's a worthy cause de celeb now. And I think cause de celeb, it's something we can, it's a rallying cry. And I love that they all rallied, all the women rallied around Ariana to show their support for her. And I think she's in on the joke too now. I think she made a reference to it. So here we are, I think, Angela Bassett did the thing is a feminist rallying cry and I'm here for it. So I love it and props, props, props to all involved and to everybody who's really turned this into a really fun celebratory thing. And those are the kinds of stories I love. They are heartwarming and they are delightful. And speaking of the NAACP Image Awards, like, holy cow, I tweeted it, I put it in the newsletter, but if you have not had a chance to see this acceptance speech. And I say, I guess it's two speeches, but it's really a joint speech between husband and wife, wife, Gabrielle Union, husband, Dwayne Wade, and basketball star, actress, activists, and parents of a trans teen girl. And I don't, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, if I had five and a half minutes for you guys to listen, the five and a half minute speech is the most important speech that I've seen in some time. And it starts off with Dwayne speaking directly to his daughter and really a father acknowledging his daughter and praising her for the bravery and the things that she's faced and the lessons she's taught him and the pride he has in being the father of this sweet little girl. I want to take this moment to publicly speak to our daughter, Zaya. Zaya, as your father, all I've wanted to do was get it right. 
I've sat back and watched how gracefully you've taken on the public scrutiny. And even though it's not easy, I watched you walk out of the house every morning as yourself. I admire how you've handled the ignorance in our world that you face every day. Thank you for showing me that there's more than just one way to communicate effectively, just simply by being who you were born to be, our baby girl, Zaya Wade. So, baby, thank you for showing the world what courage looks like. Amazing. He acknowledges his platform and how he plans to use his platform, how he's been using his platform. And then you sort of switch gears to Gabrielle Union speaking to the audience as a rallying cry and a call to action. And it's it's incredible. You know, she says, are we as a group at, of the NAACP, are we about some or are we about all? And the truth is that a specific group, the black trans community is specifically hit hard in this moment in time and, and has always. That's what she was calling out. And we can't acknowledge some people. We have to make this for all. And it was a real call to action. And it was like I was sitting in my little beach hut in Jamaica when I saw it and I was clapping and crying and it just it was beautiful. And um, they are incredible role models and parents. And I just urge you all, if you have the time, to watch it. Another big story that has the latest development as of today. Um, uh, this is the we're in a time machine, so we're we're recording this on Wednesday, so things may happen in the next twenty four hours before this comes out. But Harry and Meghan, and I really I don't want to talk about these two anymore. I think we've had it. I think you know overexposure is a bad thing, and everybody needs to remember that. Um, so I would just like, meaning he's had this book, it's all out, like, just stop, just stop being seen, stop talking for a minute. But to no fault of their own, or to every fault, they were South Parked. And, you know, I think some people have asked me when I, when I've put out there that I thought the South Park episode around Harry and Meghan, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was brilliantly done, except for one piece where they do use the word bitch in referring to, to Meghan, which I don't, I don't appreciate and I don't think is funny. But on the grand scheme of things, the story, the way they handled it was funny. And it's true that sort of the concept being that they are the prince and princess of Canada and they are demanding privacy while going on a world privacy tour, like a big tour like Harry Styles or Beyonce. And it's it's very, very well done. And But people have asked me, like, how can you think that's funny and the stuff that like Jeremy Clarkson or others have put out there and you criticize? And it's very simple. This, you know, what they were doing was very misogynistic, very patriarchal and violent and a, a dog whistle in many ways, you know, talking about having a woman paraded through the streets naked and having feces thrown on her is very, very different than a cartoon version of them, you know, carrying around signs saying, signs saying we want our privacy, we want our privacy. It's, it's, you know, this was not calling on violence. This was not calling on hatred. This was having some good old fashioned fun though I doubt they see it that way. And there were rumors that they were going to sue them. And, and as always, the front story of the Daily Mail, who just love anything uh, negative towards Harry and Meghan. But it seems like that's not the case. But what is the case and what has been confirmed is that apparently, though I don't even know why they still had this home. So the news broke today that King Charles, still hard to 
roll off your tongue, has evicted Harry and Meghan from Frogmore. And if you have read the book or have read any of the news, you know that that's the house that's sort of the, the property they were graduated into when he got married or got engaged to Meghan, which is a beautiful, really very homey, cozy place on, I, I think, Kensington Palace grounds or, you know, forgive my naivete, I'm not a royalist. But they have obviously spectacularly left their duties in England and live in Montecito with their best Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah Winfrey. So why they had this home, I guess they had this home for when they did come back to visit. They didn't have to stay in a, in like the Chiltern Firehouse, <laughs> which I still think would be more fun. But they have apparently been evicted. And I don't know if this is true or if I'm just perpetuating a rumor, but that Prince Andrew, the scandalous brother who has been thanks to the Epstein stuff sort of embroiled in scandal around underage girls. Okay, so they've been evicted and they're shock and awe, but why would they have a home? Like, what, what, why would the palace give them, like, you have made a glorious sort of statement. You have brought up things that nobody really needed to know about your penis, your relationship with your brother, the fights, the fights with the royal family PR people or stylists or all of this stuff. Like if if that was my family, my parents would have been like, oh, guess what, honey, you your rent, we're not paying it anymore. Done. Like if that had happened to me, if I had behaved that way and my parents were still bankrolling my lifestyle, they would have 1000% cut me off. So I don't know why this would even be an issue or why they would be shocked or why they would even consider this. You can't have it both ways. So that is the latest development. If you have not seen the South Park, it is it is tremendous. And one last thing, since we're on the topic of animation, I also did reference this. I want to say a big, big, huge, massive congratulations to the incredible artist Charlie Mackesy and his best friend from a million years ago and producer creator of this film which won a BAFTA for best short animated film and that is the story I have talked about lots in PCM the boy the mole the fox and the horse and it is a 30 minute film I was lucky enough to see a screening here in LA before it was out on Apple TV plus and I will tell you within 0.8 seconds of that film starting and the music and seeing my friends' names on the big screen, I was sobbing. But it truly is such a beautiful film. It is one to watch with children. It is such an important lesson, many lessons. It is about love. It's about friendship. It's about community. It's about loneliness. It's about so many things. And it's so beautiful. And I know they're nominated for an Oscar and my fingers are crossed. So lots of love, Charlie and Matthew. And... God, I don't even know how to segue into the thing that has killed more brain cells in me the last week and has for many of you, if even peripherally, if you've just seen something about like, why is Selena Gomez trending? Why are, is Hailey Bieber trending? It's just mental. But the saga continues. For those of you who don't know, you all know who Selena Gomez is. If you don't, then I don't know why you're even listening to my podcast, but she's a, an incredible talent. She is a singer, songwriter, performer, and actress. She is a Gen Z millennial icon. She, We have seen her grow up from a child star into this superstar. She also had a very uh, well-known long-term relationship that 
broke up and then got back together with Justin Bieber back when Justin Bieber was still like a little boy before he got into the whole crazy Justin Bieber. But they were a iconic sort of pop couple. They were, think of Britney and Justin back in the day. So when they broke up, it was devastating. People held out hope they would get back together again. But only a few months after they broke up that, that second time, at least that we know that was the second time, he it's not like he entered into a relationship with Haley Bieber, Haley Baldwin, but um, who is a child of one of the other Baldwins, not Alec and not Billy, but I think Stephen, and I may be wrong, but I think that's the one. Um, also very religious, very, very, very religious Christian. She, they didn't enter in a relationship a couple months after the breakup. They got married and she had been a huge fan of his. And we have video of when they first met at like a meet and greet. She was also a Selena Gomez stand. So it's like all of these things. Haley Baldwin is now well, way more known as Haley Bieber. I don't know. I think she's a model. She's, you know, Justin Bieber's wife. And I hate to say that as a feminist, but that's sort of what she's leaned into. And there's so many videos of her being mistreated by him. I'm sorry, but like he getting out of the car and closing the door and she having to open the door and let herself out or him racing off being chased by the paparazzi and letting her sort of get consumed by the paparazzi. I mean, to me is not, I would rather be single than be with a dude that treated me that way, but to each their own. There is some shade. Apparently Selena posted a TikTok where she was trying to be funny and light, making fun of herself for over laminating her eyebrows. And if you don't know what laminating your eyebrows is, don't you worry. I have a YouTube tutorial in this week's newsletter so you can understand. But if you've seen anybody with like eyebrows that are sort of straight and sticking up, like sort of they look almost like they're painted on, that's that's laminated. It's a procedure that sort of softens the eyebrows so they're like standing up straight. That's it. That's all I can say. So she posts them and she has these crazy like stick straight, straight up eyebrows. And she's like, I over laminate my eyebrows. My name is Selena Gomez. And it was cute. It was funny. It was relatable. Love her. We're here for that. We love you for it. And then very shortly after Kylie Jenner posted a Instagram story, like closing up on her eyebrows or her face. And then it was like, was this a mistake? But it was written over her eyebrows. And then the next thing was a a story that looked like it was a FaceTime between Kylie Jenner and Haley Bieber of just their eyebrows. So, I mean, coincidence is coincidence. This was moments after Selena posted her TikTok. Uh, the community at large believed it was shade towards Selena. Who knows? Uh, they at first seemed to dispute it and Selena came to Kylie's defense. But then she seemed to sort of get the memo and then old videos resurfaced of Haley Bieber making fun of Taylor Swift. And these were not recent. These were, you know, uh, however many years old, the last couple years. And then Selena in the comments was like, you can come after me how all you want, but you come after my besties, like I'll kill for you. And it's all erupted. And then she took her TikTok offline or stopped post, took that TikTok offline, that laminated eyebrows. And now it's just like your TikTok, your kids' TikToks, FYP for you page is just filled with these creators being like, Selena Gomez, we stand her. I don't know anything about these two, but now I've gone on a deep dive and I stand Selena. And it's sort of like they've established that Haley Bieber and by default Kylie Jenner are mean girls. And this all seems to stem from the fact that this was all around the same time that Selena Gomez had surpassed Kylie Jenner in terms of being the most followed woman on Instagram. 
And now that's just catapulting, like more followers are dropping off of Kylie and Haley and well-known celebrities are, have stopped following Haley Bieber. So this is what your youth, what your kids, what your colleagues the people who work for you are focusing their time on. And hence why we're all probably being brainwashed by the Chinese to dumb us down because this is what TikTok's feeding all of us. And we've lost a lot of brain cells. So congratulations to society and congratulations to China. It seems like you win. You win this round because we're all so dumb. And I don't really know what else to say about that. There was a lot of other things that have happened. There are TikTok trends specifically. One that I didn't bring in. This is actually a good segue. One that I didn't put into the newsletter. The one that I focused on in the newsletter is the one that is um, showing your younger self. And it's sort of like to the Verve Pipes, the freshman, like the song about teenage, your teenage self and the filter makes you look like your younger self. And it's really emotional. And some of the, some of the older people People are like, I wish I could tell that person how it's going to be. And it's just, it's a really emotional one. But another trend that's popped up that's really shocking, and I actually posted one on my TikTok, is this really crazy beauty filter that is called the bold look or something. But it is, some of these filters are, it's very obvious that it's a filter. And if you put your hand on your face, like you'll see your hand sort of go through the filter. And if you stick your tongue out, it'll show that it's not real. So it'll sort of like a um, an AI wonky freeze up or something like that. This filter does not have any of these. This filter changes, turns a woman into the sort of idealistic version of her from makeup to like the shape of her face. It's it's definitely a crazy thing because it's it's sort of putting out there what people want a woman to look like in the sort of, you know, overly made up idealistic movie kind of way, but there is really no way you can tell it's a filter unless you're using it. So it shows the filter, but you can put your hand all over your face. You can move your mouth and distort it in your eyes and nothing indicates that there's any sort of like disconnect and it's scary. And that is a sign of where things are going. But I will, I want to get into this because I've had a lot of conversations as of late. I've also learned some things about some of my friends that I haven't even brought to their attention. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast and realize I might, I might know, but it's this, this whole conversation around Ozempic and Manjaro. And I know everyone's talking about it. There's like, you know, the jokes that everyone in LA is skinny now, like super skinny because of Ozempic and Manjaro. And I've been really critical. I have been out there sort of saying like, guys, this is a crazy trend. This is really unhealthy and this is perpetuating eating disorders and everybody should be ashamed. And if you don't have diabetes or pre-diabetic, like shame on you, you're taking it out of, out of the hands of people. And now I've seen a lot of those, those people who are actively critical of it. And I realized that like, that's not helping either. And I've had several friends who are so beautiful inside and out who've come to me and have shared privately with a lot of fear of criticism and critique, especially since I've been outspoken, that they are using these um, medications and, and many of them because of real medical reasons. They might not be diabetic, but they have other issues or that they've just struggled so hard 
for so many years with their weight, and this is something that has really changed their lives. And so it's really made me change my view. And I'm, first of all, so proud of my friends who are taking control of their health and their lives and, and doing this. And they're doing it, by the way, under the, the guidance of doctors. This isn't, they're not buying street drugs. This isn't, you know, stealing drugs from their friends' medicine cabinets. This isn't Adderall. This is real stuff, and it's really changing people's lives. And there is an article, which we'll put in the show notes, on the cut that came out today that I thought was just so beautiful and really powerful, and it's called Manjaro and Me. And it's a first-person account of their sort of, you know, experience with it and the judgment. And I realized, like, I want to be a judgment-free zone, and I've been so judgy on this. And for, for you know, different reasons, I obviously don't want there to be this feeling that that skinny people need to get skinnier or there's shortcuts like this is really having an impact on people who have had a struggle and for that I totally appreciate it and I I know a lot of my friends will hopefully be grateful to hear me talk about that but people shouldn't feel shame they shouldn't feel shame for being overweight or for doing something to fix it so I I love that I do know that some of my friends have been doing it and have fibbed to me about it and that's on me that's because because I've clearly created an unsafe space for them to talk about it. And I feel really bad about that. And um, I just hope they know that I love them and I just want the best for them. And I need to keep myself in check and not be so judgy. But I encourage you to read this story in New York Magazine in the cut, Manjaro and Me. And it really, it sort of summarizes a lot of the struggles that people who are, are having their lives saved by this are, are going through. So I'm certainly wrong a lot of the time. So on this one, I'm taking an absolute L on. It was my, I, I lost the battle on that one. It was the wrong battle. I shouldn't have been in that battle. And I certainly apologize to anybody that uh, felt hurt or felt judged because I was wrong and I did not have all the information. And so we can only grow and evolve. So that's my take on that. And I love everyone for coming to me on that. And uh, I hear you and I see you. So that is that. I think that's it. I think we're just going to like call it there because that was a really important note for me to end on. My merry make out or mute. Oh God, let's see. Where do I start? Let's start with make out. I continue to absolutely love Pedro Pascal. I know this is getting boring, but I'm going to make out with his stylists because his fashion has really like in the last two, three, four weeks, just, I mean, there's this moment when he's wearing this like baggy pants, like big flowy long pants, but then a really, really tight cardigan. There's another moment where he's wearing these like crazy seventies glasses. Like I am here for the Pedro Pascal's fashion choices. Uh, he went from playing and I just saw a TikTok where it's really highlighting the evolution of him. He like initially start was dressing kind of very bland, like a suit and, you know, very standard man clothing. And he has some stylists now that are just elevating it. So I would make out with those stylists, all of them. I would marry Jamaica. I, I, I have said this multiple times. You can marry. This is not just about a person or anything. I marry the idea. I love Jamaica. I love the progress Jamaica is making in terms of its LGBTQ plus uh, initiatives and, and, and the judgments themselves that the, the society there has had and the evolution there. And again, that's brought on by the young, helping change minds. The beauty, the food, the spices. I have $200 worth of Jamaican beef patties being shipped to me 
They arrive tomorrow. So if anybody wants to come and have Jamaican beef patties and some rice and peas, come on over to my house. You're welcome. And then I would mute the people that I just talked about, which I is myself, the people who can't stop being judgmental. This is, I mean, judgmental about everything, but specifically about this, these weight loss drugs. This is, from my understanding, Eating Disorder Awareness Month. So there's a lot of talk about this. And I just think we need to be kind and we don't have all the information and you can't generalize these things. And that's it. That's my take. And if you guys have any feedback for me, please find me on Twitter. I'm at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. And I'm on Instagram at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. And then I want to end lastly, because I meant to talk about this earlier, but I just realized I forgot. I am obsessed. I did not think I was going to be. I am absolutely, absolutely obsessed with the show Poker Face. I cannot get enough of it. If you guys haven't seen it, I honestly, I don't know what to tell you. Go to it right now. I am now a fully paying Peacock subscriber. I uh, Natasha Leon is a masterful, I don't, I mean, this is a showstopper, but it's like, I don't know. Did I talk about it last two weeks ago? I may have. I actually may have. And I'm talking about it again because there have been more episodes. But it is like, I think I did talk about it. So here we are again. But it's like the love boat meets Murder, She Wrote. But in 2023, the the guest stars are so crazy. I They're just incredible. So I've said it before and I'm saying it again. Go, go, go race to Peacock and watch Poker Face. And until next week, my darlings, I can't wait to see you again, but you know where to find me. And happy Pop Culture Thursdays. See you next time. Pop Culture Monday.